Trent McClellan, and you're listening to my podcast called The Generators. Every single week, I have a cool guest, and we talk about uh, life, professions, creativity, success, failure, and all sorts of other cool stuff. In every single one of these conversations, I learned a great deal, and I'm pretty sure you're going to learn a great deal, too. So uh, hang on tight, and thanks for listening to The Generators. Hey, welcome to the program. Thanks for coming and uh, listening with your ear things. Yeah, uh, appreciate it. Welcome to this episode of The Generators. Uh, I hope you're doing good, having a great day and a good week. Uh, I'm Trent McClellan, and uh, this is my podcast called The Generators with Trent McClellan. So, um, again, thank you for putting your ears on it. Um, I'm uh, I'm having a good week. This is... Uh, in a week, two or three here, 22 minutes, and uh, we're cranking out the stuff, man. It's crazy. You you make so much stuff, you just forget that you made it. And it just is like, what is happening? And uh, you realize how much we've actually created and, uh, and generated in the last couple of weeks. So everything's going well. It is pouring down rain here today in Halifax, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not disappointed. I feel like I've been baking in heat um, both in Calgary and in Halifax for the last four months. And I don't mind the cooler weather. I'm a fall fan. I'm that guy. Not pumpkin spice, hyper loving it, but I'm like, I, I don't mind the fall. I like the, I don't mind it. It's a little cooler. I like the colors, all that stereotypical stuff. But um, it's been unbearably hot. And uh, especially here in Halifax, this condo has no AC. So, you uh, can be a little difficult to sleep, so I'm not. I'm not minding these cooler temperatures. I'm kind of digging it. And uh, yeah, what else is going on? Oh, I don't know. Working on some tour dates, so keep your eyes open. You might be seeing me blow through your town or city, and uh, going to start some stuff hopefully uh, early in the new year in January. Um, so uh, I'm hoping to to get around, uh, especially some dates here in Eastern Canada, Atlantic Canada, and uh, we'll see what we can figure out schedule wise. But uh, I don't know if folks realize how much work goes into planning a tour and figuring out venues and dates and ticket prices and uh, logistics and you have to arrange travel. It's it's a lot of balls to keep in the air. So uh, uh, folks are working on that right now, and we hope to have some information for you in the uh, in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. Looking forward to getting back on the road and uh, and bringing you some ridiculous observations that you can laugh at. Because who doesn't like to laugh, huh? Oh, I'm sure there's some people. Just don't hang out with those people. There you go. You're welcome. Um, okay, let's get into it. My guest uh, today on today's episode is Mr. Nigel Lawrence. Nigel is a great friend of mine, known him for quite a while. One of the funniest people that I know, and more importantly, and this is so important with regards to comedians, comedians have a little bit of a reputation as um, people who like to generate ideas and talk about ideas, you know, maybe over a few beers or whatever it is. But then when push comes to shove and they actually have to do the work, quite often they don't do it. But uh, Nigel's one of the guys that I learned uh, and observed early on was a guy who followed through on on ideas and working and realized that, you know, there's going to be a great deal of effort and grunt work to do, especially in the writing world, you know, to write scripts and finish projects. You have to have deadlines and, and get things done. And he was a guy that displayed that ability really early um, when I first met him. So... Um, he's done a lot of great stuff and, and written some fantastic stuff, and he's also uh, a great comedian, stand-up comedian. So um, work ethic, you know, you can't avoid it, people. That's one of the biggest 
misconceptions people have out there about, you know, do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. Everything comes with a bucket of work with it. It's just a matter of whether or not you're willing to do it. And um, comedy, I think, sells that um, that fake news, if you will, all the time. It's oh, it's just it's fun and we laugh and joke and you party and you do whatever. It's like, no, if you want to keep going in it, you had to put the work in, in in a lot of different areas. So uh, Nigel's done that very, very well. He's a good dude. Uh, we try and hang out as much as we can when I'm in Calgary, but it's hard with different schedules. And he's kind of split in time in L.A. as well. So. Um, and now, of course, I'm here in Halifax, and he's probably in Los Angeles right now by the time this thing goes up. So this was recorded a few weeks back just before I left uh, Calgary to come to Halifax. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Or, you know what, get your favorite beverage, your favorite snack, and sit down and listen to uh, my great conversation with my good buddy, Mr. Nigel Lawrence. levels if you want shout into this shout into it i love you ever do those sound checks for festivals and they're like going so how loud are you gonna get and i'm like i can't do that for you here like i just i don't have the same adrenaline it's i'm gonna have weird. like during the show i guarantee you it's gonna be a little louder than this i can guarantee you that much but it's not i can't do it now yeah it's i like, hate it when they want you to do your actual jokes they're like just do just do it just do right, what just are you gonna close it. on what are you gonna close on just do your closer and there's like one there's like two tech guys standing there like <laughs> they just are hung over and don't want to be there and they're just like just say it and you're like it's it's just it's gonna ruin it. It's a dumb thing about cats. It's, a, it's not even yeah. really. <laughs> nobody. Is that it? Care. It's like this is how I'm gonna talk. I'm doing exactly how I'm gonna talk. As I'm and gonna do like, it. But we want to hear the joke. I'm like, you don't it. though. Nobody yeah. Wants to hear the Deep joke. down, you don't. You don't. Nobody wants to. Nigel Lawrence. Uh, yes. Trent. In my home today. Um, you Such you hosted last night. Do you like hosting? Or are you one of those? I do it because uh, it's like ah, it's a. I don't. It's mm, okay. I'm a terrible host. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you so if anyone there. out there is looking for <laughs> you like a host of your next event what uh, do you, God you do his yeah, website don't hire me because it's going to be ruined oh, I wouldn't you have me Trent was there he knows you want a you want a seal of approval on <laughs> lousy hosting it's right here guaranteed but it is a tough thing like I remember when I first started stand up I was like oh I just go up and do jokes for my the amount of time you need and then I bring up somebody else and it's like which is actually, to be fair, how I still treat it. <laughs> I mean, if there that's is good, housekeeping... That's sort of what it is. Yeah, but if, I, if there is housekeeping, I will do it. I do feel a responsibility to kind of, like, start well and try and get the energy going. But I also I realize, like... do that. <laughs> I also realize, like, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. They got this guy's vibe for 15 minutes. Now you come up with, like, a joke or two, and it's, like, a totally different... It's a weird spot. It is a weird spot. In a club, it's a weird spot. I actually don't mind it. And uh, the thing that I don't like is when you're hosting a show that has, like, 10 comedians on it, oh, and you have to remember everyone's names and intros, and it's just... it. It just feels like forever. It's work. So, the, yeah, those kind of things I don't mind. Just a regular hosting night in a club where it's just like a standard, you know, three-man show or whatever. Yeah. I don't mind that. But you're right. It is a different muscle. It's kind of good to do it because it – I like having – I like it more now doing it because – like when you start off, that's sort of – you don't have a choice. It's right. You, you, they're like, look, you you only have 10 minutes, so you're going to be the host spot. <laughs> that's <laughs> Go ahead. You, yeah, you've got to learn how to do this. Yeah. Um, but the thing I do like is it's good to work on new material – it, yeah. A little bit. I mean, it's because it, it's tougher because you're coming out of the gates cold and you're, you're not getting when you're when you're headlining, 
and they already like you and you have the time and you can just sneak something in if you want to try something yeah you get a lot more grace yeah but in that window you don't have a lot of grace people and people sort of assume that you're not good yeah, when you're weird. hosting, the, the audience is sort of like, "Oh, this guy's not going to be good." But you've had that too, right? Where after the show's over, they're, that, they're no. like, <laughs> "I've always had people think this guy's going to be great. He's amazing. I bet he's going to be great." But after the <laughs> show, after the <laughs> show, when they go like, "You should be a comedian too. You wasn't he was really good, wasn't he, Joanne? You were really good, and you should also be a comedian." You should like, try the stand up. Do you think I just walked in off the street and just yeah. they're like, "Hey, you want to host the show?" <laughs> I think they do, because I think sometimes the host does just walk in up the street. I think a lot of times it is like a guy from the radio show or a DJ yeah, or something. And they're like, just put that guy in. That's or the, true. Or, or, you know, when you do corporate events and stuff, like sometimes they'll just be like, Gary's pretty personable. Right. We'll let him host He's it. likable. He's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's an accountant, but for an accountant, he's really funny. <laughs> What is different though, because here in Canada, for the most part, like usually the headliners or the, sorry, the hosts are like headliners quite often, right? Like they've got a lot of time. Whereas in the U.S., I think they see it as more of a hierarchy of you go host and then to the middle or feature act and then you're the headliner. Whereas here, I mean, any given night at any of the clubs here, you could have a killer host off the top and you're like, you've all got to follow that. Like that middle act, I feel bad uh, for I get sometimes. You're talking about my show last night. Yeah, I mean, just crushing it. Oh, They're still clapping really up there. I know. They're still up there clapping. Nobody followed They're it. They're like, Nigel. Nobody Nigel. could follow it. Couldn't do like, it. Couldn't do it. Nigel, turn it down. You I, know what I mean? I closed the show. Opening it. Opening it. That's how. That's, that's how. That's, that's how you how do it. And that's how. That's how a good show works. <laughs> Follow that. <laughs> it's it's over in ten minutes. There are people who try to do that though. Who are like going, it's my time. Yeah. It's like no, it's really not. It's like just. Well, that's the other thing. It's like as the host, I think a lot of people don't realize what the job is. Right. You know, I mean, because yeah. to me, the job isn't to crush or destroy. It's to keep the show running on time. Yeah, it's to keep laughs. it. Yeah, it's to keep keep everybody happy, to, to kill anything weird that happens. Yeah. You, you just sort of keep it moving along, keep everybody happy, keep it smooth. And I think some people don't. Like the bad hosts are just like, this is going to be about me. <laughs> and I'm going to crush it in front of everybody. And it's sort of like that's not really the point no. of it. No, but it, that comp, that competitive nature though of comedians is like, I, it's really funny because I was talking to someone else about this. Like, you get to a certain certain point in your career, I think, hopefully, where you can genuinely be happy for certain people when good things happen to them. Like, as opposed to going, when does that happen? How did he get that? <laughs> Who books that? What? Yeah. I also submitted for that. Like, but yeah, now you can go like, oh man, Nigel's a good dude. He's worked really hard. He's very talented. I'm very happy for him. Like that's a legitimate feeling you can have after a while. Yeah. But it takes a while to develop that because you're for a long time you're just looking over the fence like, well, where's my thing that also should be awesome? And... Well, really? I sort of feel like I didn't feel that way. You never ever felt like kind of where's mine? No. Not really. Okay, well you're just I an could... amazing person, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, just got, just Where's the edit button on Oh, that? wait, sorry. I changed my no, mind. No, no, I, I said I was the one who felt... Sorry, I just kind of temporarily blacked out there. What, what oh. were you saying? I, uh, I've been going through... No, I, I kind of... I feel like in Canada a little bit. I, I, I remember when, like, when I first started in Canada because there was so little to do here, right? The, right. The, there was... So it's like if you got something, that meant I was probably not going to get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got that festival? Ugh. That means I might not get a shot at it because they're only taking so many. 10 people. Yeah. Or whatever. So so there was a certain amount of that, I guess. But I think I always like liked seeing the people that you like doing well. I mean, I think that's always been a thing. Yeah. It's harder with people you don't like. Like people that you don't <laughs> like and like. don't respect. It's very really? hard to be like, Yeah. Really? He got it? Wow. Out of all the people they could have chose. That guy. Okay. Huh. Interesting. 
So I don't know much about this business. Oh no! Yeah. What do you feel? What do you feel about this? Like, I know a lot of comedians are upset about like how, and it's been going on forever. It's not a new thing of just anybody who's been involved in the public eye at any point now going, I'm gonna go do an hour at a comedy club, and I'm because I and it sells out. (laughs) I think that's the thing that hurts even more. Is like, yeah. Well, it wasn't even that he's not a comedian. It's like it's that it's they've added shows for this person who is whatever, like you a know, reality they just, yeah. star or whatever. It's but... like almost like comedy clubs are used as just like you know, I'll just go in there and walk on the stage and do the thing that I do, and uh, yeah. you can ask me questions. And uh... no, I've I've said this before. Like I really think a lot of comedy clubs are becoming entertainment venues, yeah, and less comedy clubs. Like they're just sort of like, look, whatever sells tickets, that's what we'll put in there. Talking so, goat. Uh, so if a, a wrestler, yeah. well, like a wrestler, if a, if a wrestler wants to show up and do a Q and A. That's we'll book sti- that. We got it. We'll book that. It'll I mean, sell. it won't be a comedy show, but people will come and buy tickets, and it'll have some funny moments, probably. Like, yeah, there'll be some funny stories in there, but it's not particularly a comedy show. Like there are a lot of clubs in the country that are strictly comedy. Like they're booking a great comic. Yeah, every weekend. Like it's you're going to see comedy, but a, a lot of clubs are sort of there's crossover now where it's like it's a reality star and they're kind of doing some comedy, but kind of not. Yeah, and. It's it's sort of makes it tough. I think it makes it tougher as a headliner because when you come in the week after that they just had the reality star wrestling juggler guy and you're just doing stand-up, people are like, hey, we got free tickets from last weekend because we were here <laughs> seeing that guy and now we're here seeing you. And this isn't really – I thought I was going to shout out a lot yeah. and do stuff. So what do the you venue want? starts to change. I mean it, it, it becomes not really a comedy – like people sort of don't know – because you have to train people so hard how to behave in a comedy club. Yeah. It's very hard to get the audience to behave. And so when you start mixing up the acts. They're confused. They're confused. People start coming back and going, well, wait, last time the there was it. a guy, he was he took his pants off and yeah. he was, you know, doing we all these crazy. topics and he would do yeah. thing. And, and then like, he would do a do thing that. with his butt cheeks and it yeah. was, that's what we were doing. Well, it is different because I, I was at this uh, panel discussion at Just for Last a couple weeks ago and... There's a bunch of comedy club bookers, and they talked about that very topic of, you know, these reality and YouTube stars now who are coming into play comedy clubs, and uh, and it's like, do you think it helps comedy or not? And they were very honest. They're like, you know, it's still a business, and it's like, if we can fill on Monday night or a Tuesday night with this thing that I don't particularly love, but oh, sure, I know it's yeah. going to sell tickets and we're going to move some booze, it's like we're running a business here, and it's like. This one club booker said she would never put it on a weekend like a Thursday, Friday, oh, but Saturday. They do. But some clubs but they do. do. They're like, guess who's coming? It's like, <laughs> which I know? agree. Doing it on a Monday or Tuesday is, is off night. Yeah, you know? off night is great. Yeah. But but they do. They do do it on the weekend shows, and that's where it gets kind of weird. And it does. They does sell out, so you can't really blame them because a nope. lot of people they just they want to meet that person. They want to get a picture for their Facebook page, which is mostly what it they is. They want it. It's mostly what it is. They want yeah. to go. It's a photo op. It is, and. And it, it, it is more about selling tickets now, you know, like even with some of these comedians that are well known, but maybe don't have the time. Yep. You know, they've just like you said, these sort of reality people, whatever they start doing stand up and they've got 15 minutes of comedy and that's all they have though. Yep. So they want you, so you have to fill it. Yeah. They still sell out the show, but then all of a sudden these bookers realize, which is what I've realized. I was having this conversation with another comic actually recently where You'll, you talked about hosting and featuring. Like they'll hire stronger comics to do the host because they know they can extend the time, right? Because they'll go, look, we already know this person is maybe not going to do their forty-five, 
And by the end of the weekend, they're probably going to be cut down to 15. Right. And you guys are going to pick up the slack. Yeah. And that way people can ask for a refund because they're still getting a 90 minute show. Well, they're still getting, yeah, they're still getting a full show. You guys are both good. They can't complain about you guys. Right. And technically that person is still on stage. They're only up there for 15 minutes, but they're still up there. We didn't say on the ticket how long they'd be up there. Exactly. (laughs) It is. It's a business. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Thank (laughs) you for coming. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I've seen that happen to your point. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it happen where. You put on a very, very strong seasoned host, a very, very strong seasoned middle, and then the last person might even be a comic, to be fair, but they're on a TV show or they haven't been at it for a while. Like You can tell they're rusty. And these first two acts bury them. Like yeah. they're like they're oh, yeah. on stage every night. They're like cooking. Oh, absolutely. And then that person's sitting there in the wings, like, whoa, I thought I was just coming up to Canada for, <laughs> for a fun weekend. And it's like, those are two killers that run ahead of me. And then they walk up there like you know, and that magic wears off pretty quick because I've seen that too. Where oh, the absolutely. novelty of like, oh, this famous person's here. After a few minutes, they're like, okay, but you're gonna be funny now, right? Like, we're gonna yeah. hear some funny stuff. But then the side, yeah, I've seen that too. More often than not, that is the case. Yeah, that is very often the case. But again, going back to the Facebook thing, a lot of those people just want to get a Facebook picture, anyways, yeah. with that person because they know who that person is, right. and they saw a pretty good show. They saw a solid show. Yeah, and that person wasn't as great as what they thought. I- I've actually done these shows. I mean, I've been. I've done these shows a couple of times now, and that's where I was like, look, 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 I, I've gotten wise to this now when they go, hey, do you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, but you're paying me for it. Yes. I'm not doing it for normal because I know what you're doing. Yes. By the end of the weekend, I'm going to be doing You'll be doing minutes. a headline set ahead of I'll be doing a headline set in front of that person. <laughs> I exactly know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And and I remember doing one of those shows one time, and, and the, the famous person that was there, I went into the bathroom after the show, and the guy was like, what did you think of the show? He goes of this of the particular person he was like eh yeah. i mean it was what i expected but <laughs> i got him to, i got him to sign my thing right. and that was it that was all he wanted he, <laughs> like he was totally disappointed with the show <laughs> yeah but he got to go and mm-hmm. and you know shake the guy's hand or you know get his yeah. thing signed or whatever Isn't and he's interesting like, though he's like everybody else was good <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> i was like i was like it's it it sucks but it's a formula that's working but isn't it right interesting now. though like because you think you know comedy club like you're going for the comedy because you you expect it to be good like no one goes to a restaurant going how was the food Eh, it was horrible, but I thought it would be horrible. Yeah. But I did get this napkin. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like the food looked good. I got a good picture of it for my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Got a photo it with the lasagna. Uh, it tasted awful. It was pretty boring, but yeah, I got a photo with it. But look like, at this picture. I'm gonna post that. <laughs> it is so weird to me. Like I, I really, the comic in me. I mean, my mind is still blown by it to a certain extent because I go, man, if I paid money to come to a comedy club, like I'd want to be laughing the entire time and feel like, wow, that was that's what I needed. That's what I paid for. But I think you're right. People, a lot of people anyway, are more inclined to come just because they're close to someone who's famous and they get to have a photo with that person at the end of it. And you're right now it goes on their social media and it's like that's their profile photo for six months. Like, yeah. you know, I got a photo with whoever. Yeah. Um, and now you're seeing these YouTube stars. There was just some follow to Just for Laughs. Did you hear about this guy at just for last new faces who's a youtube star i guess yep. he does pranks or sketches or whatever but they had him on <laughs> i love those prank oh dude prank videos but he, the they had him do a live show like so he was like one of eight or nine comics on the new faces part and he bombed hard like bad and then i guess he turned on some of the comics while he was out there and kind of crapped on them a little bit and anyway it, that's it what went you do. really bad that's how you I'm recover like, but that's what I mean. that's how you I'm recover. Like, how do you? But that's that's again not <laughs> as, a comic. As a professional, exactly. That's how you recover. That's what I do. When I'm going under, I grab everybody yeah. with me. <laughs> Start swinging. But I thought, and everyone's like, "Oh, what a dick this guy is," and whatever. And I understand that, but also, how unfair to put that guy on that show? Like, if you're just a YouTube star, like you're not a comedian. You're just like I do funny pranks or right. sketches. But also, why does the guy agree to do it? 
I guess, but he thought like, oh, this is going to get me, you know, management or get me some yeah. network affiliation or something. But I'm like, you can't be in that moment. Like that's that'd be like taking someone off the street, going, dude, you're on one of the biggest comedy shows <laughs> in the, of, of the year. Be ready, you're number nine. Like, go. There's no way that's going to go well. And uh, but that's what I mean, where the the worlds are kind of getting cloudy now, of like uh, comedian or YouTube star or just celebrity, or yeah. it's all just plug and play and put them into a. Well, I think there's also a, a lot of people. I think what that boils down to too is it just shows you how many people there are in the industry that have no idea what they're doing. Right. Like I know I don't know what I'm doing. Right. But you sort of feel like you think oh, those other guys know what they're doing, right? Right. But then then you see something like that, you go, ah, oh, they don't know what they're doing either. <laughs> We're all just we're at the poker table and we all just have a we're pair all of blindfolded. Twos. We're all, we're all just blindfolded. sitting here with a pair of twos going, You got something, right? Like do you <laughs> I mean that guy's got a you, hand. You got a hand, right? Oh god. We were oh, all I got nothing. And then you call and you're just like we were all bluffing. Everyone puts twos down. <laughs> they just we're all just like no one's got well, let's go home. Well, this was a waste <laughs> of five hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're and, right. the, and then the YouTube guy walks off with a million dollars. Ta da who's on to the next town. <laughs> uh I tell you something that I learned a long time ago that I think has allowed me to have some level of happiness in this business is I still hear comics talk about it like uh, this term comes up all the time like, well, that's not fair or, yeah, but how come he, I go, you must take that out of your vocabulary in this world, life in general, but also especially in the comedy world, like what you think is fair and what you think you deserve, no one cares about. Like it Mm. really is just something in Disagree. The entertainment business is full of justice. Nothing it's but all, just deserves. Nothing but justice and well-deserved. Oh. Like, there's no committee who sit around going, let's no. look at the work ethic of the they, following yeah, committee. they don't sit around and go, wait, wait, wait. This guy is very good. This guy's obviously terrible. He's popular, but he's very terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not fair. This guy's very good and just not that popular. Let's you know balance what? it out. He's also a nice guy. Let's balance this let's out. Let's balance here. that out. Let's give him a Netflix yeah, I, special. I had, I had coffee with some comedian, and I said that. I go, look, dude. I hear you, and I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. But I'm telling you, get that notion out of your head. If you're if you're no. waking up every day waiting for fairness to show up, I go, oh. it's going to be a miserable road for you. Like no, it's just not the way it works. Yeah, there there is. That's just life. Life isn't fair. I mean, no. yeah, that's the, isn't there an old saying about that or something? Yeah. I'm not very smart, and I don't no, know. Fairness so I don't know. in life is stupid. I believe the saying. But it, yeah, there is like there's all these weird things that you realize in the entertainment industry about how it's not fair and how like there, of course you have to have luck and talent and hard work, but it's, it's the combination of those things varies for everybody. Some people work very hard and they're very talented and they just don't catch that lucky break. You know, they just totally they don't have that right time. Right, and you see those people like I've met those people and seen them. I'm like, my God, how is this guy not? something so much bigger than he is because he's so good. I know. And then you see other people that you're like, man, this guy's terrible, but he's so popular. I know. And it's, and you sort of don't understand it. And that's, that's a thing I think in Hollywood too, is that I I really feel like when for me, to me anyways, when I look around, I feel like Hollywood is very good at deciding what's popular, but they don't know what's good. Yeah. And they're different things. They're two completely different things, but they don't, Hollywood doesn't distinguish. They, they see that as one thing, like whatever's popular must be good. Yeah. And it's like, eh, I disagree. personally, I disagree. I think a lot of times what's very popular is not good. And yeah. a lot of times what's very good is often not that popular. But again, it comes back to the business sense, right? Of like, yeah. that sells tickets and moves DVDs. Or, so that's what we're going with. That's what we're going to go with. Yeah. I know it's kind of weird and stupid, but that's what it is. But And the garbage rises to the surface. 
<laughs> the old saying. <laughs> garbage always rises to the top. Huh? Garbage always floats to the top. Mm, we all know that. I lived on a polluted lake. Plastic bags uh, don't sink. Yeah. <laughs> My grandfather told me that. Yeah. Very, we live on a polluted lake that's just full of plastic yeah. bottles My grandfather said, this is a metaphor for life. <laughs> That's why I throw lake. garbage in the lake every day. Because every day. It's a good metaphor As a for salute you. to my grandfather. Man was a genius. <laughs> but I think you're right. But once you let go of that notion, I think life is a little bit easier because for a long time, I think when I first started, I don't think I it's thought, fair to say that, actually. Yeah, I think that's unfair. <laughs> actually, let's take it out of the stricken <laughs> it from the record. Like that from court the case. professional record. <laughs> but I think, I think you're right. It's like you just realize, like, man, you just put your head down and work. Do the best you can, and hopefully your opportunities come around. Or I think now it's probably not easier, but I think more people are creating their own opportunities instead of waiting around to be selected or chosen. Like you can start developing your own ideas. You can yeah, you have put stuff to. on social media. I think that that's changed in a way. So the power is almost not that it's completely shifted in the arms of the people who make it in terms of the gatekeepers losing it, but but I think there is more power in our in our yeah, court. I agree. I agree. It's you. You do have to keep putting stuff out there whatever it is i mean for certain things it's it's tougher obviously like if you're a youtube star it's maybe a little bit easier to put out your youtube videos if you're a writer it's maybe tougher to get your stuff out there because you're if you're not a performer um but you're right you just have to keep making stuff and trying to get it out there and try and get it to a platform or a place or in front of people that will look at it and like it and it's yeah it's definitely not easy but no. it's changing it, it is it is really up to you and a lot because like we were sort of talking about this earlier we were talking about agents and managers and all that kind of stuff and yeah really that's not the role anymore they're just sort of like hey you do it and we'll take a percentage yeah it's it's <laughs> you're right yeah like, like, like can you help right me here. not really no. it's sort of up to you you do what you want to do but you can you be a youtube star i'm we'll right send, here we'll, i'll send you to just for laughs if you're oh, a youtube star you can make it you i'll can put get you that. on i'll get you in i'll put you in the club i'll get you are in. you a youtube star <laughs> I'll put you in the club. Well, someone gave me this advice once uh, backstage at a show years ago, and they said, uh, you know, you can have a great manager or agent, and they can get you the opportunity to do something, yeah. but it'll be up to you in the moment to deliver, to decide whether or not you come back or whether or not it goes on to the next thing. Because you see that all the time, right? It's yeah. like, how did that person get there? And then they get there, and they're not ready. And it's like, well, that was it. Like, it's not going anywhere from there. And it's like, yeah. talking reputations, like if you're an agent or a manager, like, that's your word, right? Like I'm vouching for this person and go, go in there, go do it. And then yeah. it's, they're not ready. It's like, it's going to be <laughs> bad. You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, phone call guys, probably someone just requesting. Yeah. Probably just probably a lot of different things. Probably, probably your agent being like, what? Stop talking about <laughs> what you, I can hear you. I'm doing a great job for you. Stop being, you're ungrateful. live, you know, stop being ungrateful. <laughs> You're live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in the car. <laughs> Look, I don't want you to think that I'm paranoid, but I'm outside of your house right now listening to your podcast. I knew it. <laughs> what? Um, do, you yeah. can, do you enjoy the writing process more or the performing process more? Like, because you, for people who don't know, like, you, you write, you act, you do stand-up as well. Like, what of the three? None of them very well. None. I do all three. <laughs> I do them at a bit of three level. <laughs> I do each one poorly. Collectively, they add up to nine. I like to spread myself thin, (laughs) not really focus on any one thing. Yeah. Uh, I like writing. I do like writing. I've always enjoyed writing, um, even for other other people, 
Like mm-hmm. I, I think as a comedian, I like writing for myself. I mean, I sort of know what I can pull off, but also I sort of enjoy writing for other guy, other comedians too, yep. because I sort of know if if you if you understand their voice and where they're at. Yep. I've always really really enjoyed that. Like for me, it's the same kind of because really it's the same muscle when you're trying to. For me, stand up is sort of figuring out what works. Yep. To me, it's like I find this funny. How do I communicate that to everybody else? Like when I look at this. Why am I laughing? I'm laughing at this scenario, and I look around, nobody else is laughing, and it's like, how do I communicate to them that this is funny and they should be laughing at it too? So that for me is is the is the payoff. That's what I when when you figure out how to translate that to an audience, and they go, oh yeah, we get it. That is hilarious. So I get the same thing if I write a joke for you that I go, I think you can use this, and then I see that you do that joke and it works. It's the same. It's the same kick. Right. Know? Another uh, comedian friend of mine, Mario DiGiorgio, was a guy. He's out of Austin, Texas. Uh, he was a great stand-up, like very, very clever, smart guy. But he got to the point where he's like, man, I, I just don't enjoy the performance part anymore. He goes, I, I, I would rather be a writer. Like he, It just occurred to him. He just realized this one day, like, I don't want to be on the road anymore. I don't want to have that life. I'd rather just write. And I, I was like... Wow, because like I get such adrenaline and life from performing. Like to me, like that's why you push through all the other stuff so I can get to the stage to perform. Uh, whereas he was like, "No, I would rather just." He, he was like, <laughs> "You." He was like, "I'd rather just give my stuff to someone, and I would also get equal amount of joy and satisfaction of someone saying my words as sure. I do saying them myself." And I go, "There are there are two different kinds of you know comedians in that regard. There's some who are more." They're more on the writer's side and some that are more on the performance side. Some probably split the difference evenly. I think Um, I split the difference, but I totally get that too. I can totally see not – I mean, I love going on the road, but then there's also times where you're on the road for a long time and you go, oh, I just can't be on the road like this. Yeah. You know, it does wear on you. It's not not easy. I mean, it's fun, and it's also – I think it's also more fun when you're younger and you're – but when you can do it on your own terms, um, that – really helps too that you can kind of book your dates and your schedule and it's not over completely overwhelming and, yeah. but some guys love that i mean i know guys that are just like that's all i want to do i just want to be on the road, road, touring, road, road doing jokes going to a different city every they love it they feed on that yeah and but for me i get i tap out at a point where i'm like i don't want to be on the road for a while yeah i'd rather just write and be in one place and um so yeah so i kind of go back and forth with it I miss small things when I'm on the road too because I like cooking, for example. So it's like, you know, like I'm like, man, I gotta have another club sandwich at a restaurant. Like, yeah, oh my god, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because I, I mean, I've done stints where I've been on the road for six weeks straight, and I mean, yeah. like, you're talking, you're eating in a restaurant every day at least once, if yeah. not two, three times a day. And I'm like, I literally cannot look at another menu or yeah. ask what the special is or what's the soup today. Like, I, oh, you I know. know, like I, I have not cooked a meal for myself in a month and a half. Like, yeah. I, it wears on me. Like, yeah, well, because you just crave those things. Like, you just want to be at home having a giant bowl of cereal. Yeah, yeah, small you know, things. Like you just, like, the, the sort of little yeah. random normal thing that you can just make yourself and be like, it's in it. You know, like, you can get cereal in a restaurant, but it's one of those tiny boxes, and they I bring know. out a weird bowl. It's like a soup bowl. It's not your bowl. And you're just like, ah, this isn't working. This spoon's not working. <laughs> this is, yeah. I want a giant bowl of cereal. <laughs> I think that's why <laughs> you've ever been somewhere, and it's like, yeah, man, that comedian snapped last night. And I'm like, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. He's how long has yeah. he been on the road? Nine weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could see it. Well, it also depends where you are too, right? Like I remember doing Vegas, and it was like seven, seven nights, two shows a night, so fourteen wow. shows, but like seven 
night in Vegas yeah. is more than anyone should ever have to endure. <laughs> it's just because you come out of that and you're because it's just casinos and there's there's no stimulus everywhere. Oh, like stimulus like, everywhere. Like people smoking sound. everywhere. Drunk people everywhere and drunk people twenty four seven. I mean, you're walking through the casino at nine a.m. and guys are loaded <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to deal with another drunk <laughs> when I'm just going to get a coffee. I don't need to see this. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Want, yeah, just some guy throwing up at ten a.m. What? Ugh. This doesn't it's, make me uh, funnier. Yeah, so I mean, those kind of things. I mean, we have a great life. I mean, I don't mean to complain, but it it does sort of wear on you to the point where you're just like, I want to have a bit of normal. Yeah, yeah. In my life, like a little bit. You you hit those points. Well, I feel like too as a comedian for me, and I, maybe I don't know if it's just my style, but I would think you may be similar. I need lo- normal everyday life to pull stuff from, like right. to pull material from. Right. So I need to be cooking and go to the grocery store and have a situation there and go get the car washed and this thing happened. Like that's where I get the comedy from, yeah. you know? So I need to be back in amongst the civilian population doing everyday things <laughs> that everyone else does. Like right. when you're just in hotels and on planes, it's like, yeah, you can write material from there, but it's like, this isn't the real world. Like I'm living a dream. No one yeah. else is doing this per se at the rate I'm doing it right. at. So I need to be like stuck in a lineup at a shopper's drug mart. Like, do you know what right. I mean? Like that's to me where the relatable material Wait, are you comes saying from. people can't relate to being in a hotel room for two months? No one ever time? gets to go to a hotel. <laughs> I, I think only comedians are allowed <laughs> in <know>. hotels. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like? Is well, it like it is. your house? Well, it is. It's like one of those things where you're staying in a hotel for like, you know, not the same hotel, but you're going from hotel to hotel for two months. And, you know, I, most people can't relate to that. No, you're They're right. just like, wait, what? Why? Why? Why don't yeah. you just go home? I don't have time to go home. <laughs> I don't have time. Yeah. If you've got to be in this other place, <laughs> just do the same keep, thing I did here. Go to the or when you do go home, sometimes you just go home and you're just like, I'll just switch suitcases. Yeah, you're like, right. I've had that. I've had trips where I'm like, I've already packed my bags because I know I'm coming home for one night and then I'm leaving again. So there's another suitcase Wait. ready, just waiting. And you come home and drop your stuff and, go. and try and have a normal night. Yeah. And grab your bag and then you're out. It's crazy. It's funny too because when I first started, that was a real, um, a real appeal to me. Was oh man, hotels all the time and travel. And don't get me wrong, there's still times when I love it, and it's like you're going to beautiful places and checking out cool cities. But you're right. I think as you get older, that does wear on you more. And you're and like to me now, travel is harder. Like physically, like when I get off a plane after six hours, I'm like, you're so wow, old. your I'm hips, like, my back. It's your, it's like, your gout. Did I just play football? You got the gout. I got the G. <laughs> get the, the G unit. Uh, I go. Uh, oh, my back. Uh, <laughs> I make that sound when I get yeah. up now. Uh, I'm gonna need the. Uh, I'm gonna need one of those wheelchairs on the ramp. <laughs> just for three minutes. Just, uh, just, just till she warms just, up. There just again. to get up the ramp because I can't. Just the. Ele- it's just the. <laughs> elevation it's uh, tough for me i'm good on the flat ground but it should be fine a couple of days but i uh i feel that before i was like wicked hotels and i mean like you know what it's like when yeah, you first yeah start. yeah when you're young it's like it's great like when you first start and not necessarily when you're young i'm just saying when you young first start yeah. it's new when you're new into stand-up it's very exciting and you're doing all this stuff and then and then as, as you get more seasoned into it it's sort of you, you it's still great to go see new places because you're always going somewhere new there's always a new place opening and then there's also the places that you go back to all the time that you like and you're like oh i, go, I love going back there and this is where i go to have lunch yeah yeah and this is where you know you sort of enjoy those familiarity those yeah those familiar yeah. things of being back in that city and and or maybe even seeing people in that city that you know so there are those yeah those great great moments yeah um but uh yeah, at times it can get it wears. How many way. years now for you doing stand up? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. <laughs> that is a record it's on the show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, no, uh, sixteen. Sixteen. Four, yeah, fourteen yeah. for me. 
Um, it's so funny because yeah, I remember like yeah. I remember like writing my first few jokes like you know year two three or whatever and how you think I don't know I remember like thinking like oh I got this figured out now you know like okay yeah. I know how and then you realize now 14 years in for me I go oh I don't know anything I don't yeah. know anything and I'm still learning every single day like yeah. but the maybe the the naivety of youth or just like yeah I'm pretty confident now pretty sure I know how to rock this it's like Oh, it's ridiculous. But that guy existed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I look back. I'm I never like, felt like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I like every time I say something, you're like, that's the complete no, opposite to my experience. I'm just going <laughs> <I'm just> gonna... <laughs> to. I used to be in an improv group, and that's the first thing you do is deny. Deny. Nope. That's nope. how you crush it. Not idea. what I, yeah. Nope. Nope. Not my experience. And you went to the store? Not a Nope. <laughs> The I worst, did not. The worst improv ever. <laughs> yes, but yeah. no, but, but no, no, but no, but no, but that's the one I play. No, but uh, but it, it is weird. Like when I think about how many years go by and I'm like, I'm still uncovering stuff, still trying to push myself, still trying to do things that I haven't done, like just comedic style wise or topic wise. I'm like, yeah. hey, I wouldn't have done that type of thing five years ago. Whereas now I feel confident enough to be able to do it. But I look back now and I'm like, I remember like year three thinking I was crushing it. Right. Like I was like, look at this. But that's all it is is confidence. Yeah. Really at True. the end of the day. All it is 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 having because I was, you know, working on some different material this past week, some like sort of dark like darker stuff for, for me, which is not really me. Yeah. But uh and it's it's just doing it. It's it, you know, like you sort of never if you have to kind of keep doing that to make yourself a little bit scared or uncomfortable or whatever it, i don't know what that is but it's like because you know you can stick with the stuff that you know is gonna work I yeah mean, you sort of write those jokes and you're like this will be fine this is good and if i have this and this i know how to sell it's, this i can yeah this will yeah. this will most likely work i mean yeah. it's not always gonna work because it depends on the room and but it depends it's in my, where you are but it's so. in my orbit yeah that i like but, to work and but operate. the odd time doing stuff that you're really uncomfortable with is like it was tough because I was just like I sort of don't know if I can do this or if it'll pull off or if it'll... and you know it's it, I, for me it's healthy to do that once in a while because yeah. then you just go of course it worked I'm a fucking genius you know <laughs> <laughs> why did I ever doubt myself God, I know and then I just Everything go I think it was amazing never doubt yourself again ever again ever because you've down. got this yeah you've got the no what I know what you're saying is <laughs> I I've actually in the last year or two as well tried to like delve into some areas that I'm like. Uh, I'm like, I don't know if I can get away with this. Yeah. And I don't even know if this is my style, but I'm like, I'm, it, I'm curious about it. And I think there's some, something in there. If somehow you can get the confidence yes. behind that, yeah, it, it, you're fine. But the thing is, is, just as we're saying this, you're like, I don't have the confidence. <laughs> exactly. We're both saying it's like, I don't have the confidence. And yeah. so when you go up, people see through that. People are like, I don't, I don't know. That. He doesn't believe in this. No. I don't trust this guy. I've had words in my act that I go like, I don't know if I'm comfortable saying that word. And I say it like I'm uncomfortable. And they sense yeah. that I'm uncomfortable oh, yeah. saying it. And they're like, he doesn't, he no. doesn't really, there's no, no conviction in that. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like, and. It's so, that's the great thing, though, about stand-up to me in a way, though, is that whether you like someone's style or not, you can't deny that an audience is laughing. Like, there's a truth to that. There's like, that, you either sold that and the way it was supposed to be done and they believe, and it was all in, or they know you didn't, and now they're pulling back. And <laughs> yeah. so in that way, you're measured every night, and it's kind of true. Do you know what I mean, yeah. for the most part? Now, you've had nights where we had to work harder than we wanted to, and you know this crowd was tough or stiff or whatever. But most nights, all things being equal, 
like you know why they didn't laugh on that thing. You're like, yeah, oh, I, yeah. I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. And, and they sensed I wasn't feeling it. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's hard. And, and I think sometimes for comedians, I think comedians have a very hard time being honest with themselves about that. But I think you get, hopefully you get to a point, like I feel like that where just exactly what you're saying, you know what you did wrong. You yeah. just go, I didn't, I said this word instead of this word and I did this <laughs> wrong. And you just, you just know. And, and that can also kill your confidence on stage because I've done that before where I say the word, I just go, <sighs> like I know I like inside I don't know whether they can see it but inside I'm just devastated because I, exactly I just went, I mean. said the wrong word yeah and now I just lost them and that yeah. that punchline isn't gonna hit no. the way it should I've had anxiety about knowing I have to say that word in the next 30 seconds right. so it's actually now even diminishing what I'm saying right now because I know these <laughs> other words coming and then you just spit seconds. that word out too soon yeah. and you're uh, like oh, uh, uh, this one no let's move on uh, cats uh so it's weird and you're right i think confidence is i think the, the people that i've seen on stage where i go that person really owns a stage or there's great conviction it's always that it's always confidence yeah. it's always like yeah that person's making no apologies for anything they're saying or and they doing, should be and they should be because <laughs> i've seen their act <laughs> because, because this is awful i would be nothing but, i'd be doing nothing but apologize it's awful but I love it. But they the confidence level. I hate it, but I can't stop watching it. <laughs> but I think you're right. It's just they they really believe in it and there's conviction in it and the audience comes along for the ride. Because that's what they want at the end of the day. Audience wants to come in, pay their money and go, I don't want to see someone up there shaking in their boots with no confidence. I want to be like because I can't do what they're doing. So I want right. to see someone do something I can't do. I can right. be nervous up there. <laughs> I can be I don't know what's going on. So I think even in the moments you don't feel confident, it's the trying to give the facade of looking confident and sounding confident, you yeah. know, even though you, this, especially with new material. Cause I think that doesn't go away. Having new material is still just having new well, there's material. There's always a shadow of a doubt. I don't care if you've been there's doing There's always a shadow of a doubt. Always. There. They're still like, mm, I don't know what Maybe this for one. Some people there isn't though. Maybe some of those guys are just so, because you know, I was sort of started into this earlier, how, how people can't gauge. Like when you see some young comics or new comics or like open mic comics and people come off and they've just, They've just died. They've died the worst death. And they come off going, that was amazing. Did you see that? What Did everybody ride. feel that? Like, they have, they are so, there's no self-awareness. Right. At all. And, and I'm sort of like, God, I wish I had that. Yeah. How do you have that? But that person, of... I don't think that person ends up being successful. No, no, no. Though. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, yeah, but it's, it's like, uh, like. But there's no, there's no there's wounds. No, no, they, no they don't understand. And, and it's very hard. Like, I've had times where you come off and you do very well and you come off going, Ugh, that was the worst. And people are like, what are you talking about? And it's just what we're talking about. I missed that word. I didn't yep. say this thing right. I screwed up this thing. And it went well. According to you, according yeah. to the audience, it went well. Yeah. But for me, but you it know. wasn't what I, I know what I did wrong. Yes. And so it's devastating to me that I just wasted that 10 minutes. I told someone, not doing it I totally right. agree. I, I told someone, I hear the results I don't get. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't even hear yeah. like the laughter as much anymore. I hear like, oh no, you thought of a tag earlier today. You were supposed to say at the end of that phrase and you forgot it. Yeah. And now you've moved into the next thing. Even if that joke did well, I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, that wasn't the goal tonight. Yeah. The goal and that's tonight an, was. And, and that can be unhealthy too. I mean, that can yeah. be, it's, it's, there's two spectrums there, right? There's the person like being too gracious of yourself being like, oh, I just destroyed it. Right. And then the other side of being too hard on yourself where you, too when critical. you actually did do, yeah, you're too critical. Um, and in the middle, when you can find that sort of sweet spot in the middle and sort of be sort of objective with yourself and your material yeah. and really, and I, I think that's, I err more towards the negative side. Yeah, me too. You know? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us do. You can't, you can't help it. And then when you go back and you listen, like if you record, I record my sets and you go back and listen to it and you're like, oh, wasn't it? 
man, yeah. I really thought it was way worse. Like yeah, yeah. it seemed way worse in the moment. In the moment, yeah. And it's actually not. It's actually fine. Yeah, it's not as bad. I also think too, like I've learned to try and give myself some some compassion and forgiveness when I'm trying something brand new. Like to me, it's almost like the goal is just to get it out. That yeah. first night, yeah. it's like, look, just say this thing just to get it out in the world right. to give it a life. And then you're going to try and fix it. If you luck out and it smashes the first night, then you won the lottery. Right. But chances are it's not going to be anywhere near what it could be anyway. So don't even put that pressure and expectation on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't go up there thinking this has got a crush. It's like, no, you just thought of this 40 minutes ago at a coffee shop. Right. Like, let's be honest here. Let's right. be realistic. Do you like to have stuff really worked out before you go on stage? Like, I like, like to, to have, have some, really... yeah, I like to have some frame. It doesn't need to be totally flush, but I need to go, I at least know where two or three Bullet laughs points. are in this. Bullet points. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll try and find my way to those, but I need at least those. I don't like going up with like, I think there's something in here and go yeah. up and go, wow, what else do I want to tell you guys? I make the mistake of doing that sometimes. You know, and I've seen a lot of your act and I, and I can vouch for that. <laughs> I uh, No, but I, do you like doing that? Like going up, just going, I think there's something in here. I'll yeah, Why? sometimes I like improvising okay. on stage, which I do. You know, typ- typically like in a hosting position, wherever you because yeah, you, you can't really help it because you're, the audience is talking or things are happening and you're sort of putting out fires. Um, so I do, I do do that sometimes if I just think there's a and depending on where I am and what's happening. But I, I do sort of like the pressure of having to make something funny in the moment. Yeah. And but I do but I, I agree most of my stuff I write out or I at least have bullet points of like I think it goes you know this is the setup and then this is kind of one two three tags and it might be three two one or it might be two three one yep. or it might be you know it's that's maybe not worked out but those are kind of roughly where I want to be with it I think and then and then in that structure a lot of times I'll wind up improvising other things on stage because to me the the pressure of being up there sometimes you just grasp. Something yep. funnier than what you had definitely written down because it's just that immediate pressure of you gotta deliver it's and that muscle, didn't deliver yeah. that the thing you thought was gonna deliver didn't, didn't deliver and now you've got to, it's sort of like being in a fight and you just I thought I threw the knockout punch and it didn't work and now I've got turns out I got to a roundhouse <laughs> I got a kick I got to do a kick or something yeah. I got to come up with something in the moment yeah, true this guy's you coming back for yourself me. into a corner yeah and you're forced to come up with something yeah true yeah good point. Um, yeah, I think I do like walking in there with somewhat of a map as to how I'm going to get there. But I think you're right. When you put yourself under that pressure, I think it's almost like you unlock a different part of your brain, like a subconscious part of your brain that you wouldn't have found sitting at a coffee shop writing. Right. Because you weren't forced to use it. Right. That only comes out during a panic flight mode yeah. situation where it's like, in this, like just. You well, know. and also, yeah, that it's that it's that moment of being on, but it's also the moment of being interactive. And I find, too, a lot of things in social situations, like you'll think of something, you know, funny in your head. Like I'm driving over here to to have a coffee with you and I think of something funny in my head. But when we actually start talking about it, that's when the funny moment, because your brain, because you're interacting, it's yeah. actually live and coming out of your mouth and your brain is in a different than, than when you're just sitting there alone going, True. oh, this is funny. And maybe so or for me anyways, maybe it's just some different synapses fire. Yeah, when you're actually talking about it and interacting in a live 
fashion. Yeah, it yeah. unlocks other things. I'm always fascinated by people who say they don't write anything down as a comedian. I don't think that's true. I go, or well, some people who claim that they just like, uh, I just work it out on stage, man. And they also claim this, that if it's funny enough. Who are these people? Is this, are these good people? <laughs> <laughs> they all are. Like Bill Burr. Bill Burr says that he doesn't write anything down to paper. He might write down like a, uh, for a set list, I guess, like a title or whatever. But he said for the most part, if it's funny, he goes, I'll just remember it. Because he, his, his philosophy is further to what you said. He said, if something funny happened to me during the day or something I thought was interesting and I'm going to tell you about it, I'm not going to write it down first. I'm just going to go, go, man, dude, I was at the mall today and start yeah. the story. He goes, because it's memorable because it already happened to me today, right? right? So it's pulled from real life. Uh, and I go, that's a good point. But I often think I often think of stuff or it happens to me and I forget it. It's still funny, but I, I forget it in the, yeah. like, later on, like two hours later, it's gone. So I put it in my phone now, or I, I need to get some kind of record of it right. to then spend time with it later to try and flush it out. Right. But like Russell Peters, apparently same thing, like just goes on stage and likes to just like, that's how I work out material. That's how I, that's yeah. how I write on stage. Yep. And I'm like, wow, I, I'm a, still a pen to paper guy for the yeah. most part. I like a bit of both, but I, I am, I'm that way too. Like if I think of something funny, you're right. A lot of times, I mean, I'll have times where I'll wake up in the middle of the night and think of something really funny or or just something that happens during the day. And then I can't if I don't write it down, I can't remember it. It's gone. I just think, what was that? What was it that even happened? It was an event. Something happened. It was to hilarious. Me, too. And I can't remember. It was hilarious. Where was I like? Yeah. What was I doing? Yeah. You have and no. So, yeah. But even if I just make, you know, my like my notes are just terrible. Two words. And then I go, oh, yeah, it was the car accident that. That guy almost got that guy almost hit me, and that was a really funny story. Yeah. Um, or but then sometimes I find those notes, and I'm just like, what? You know, it'll just be it'll be like car accident yeah. written on a on a napkin. Yeah. And I'm just like, there's nothing funny about a car accident. Did I witness like, that's a car awful. Accident? Did I witness? Did, did I write that car? Was I witness to something? Is that a song? Oh my god! Was anyone hurt? <laughs> is that a band? Is this a new band? Don't you call the police? Is this a new band that I was going to look up? Car accident? Is that a movie? Is that, what is this? Is that a new band? <laughs> I have that too. I, I have them in my phone now. I was going through it literally like last night when, we, when I did the set. I go, yeah. oh, is there any new ideas here? And there were like probably six titles. And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. But I remember <laughs> writing it down thinking that is killer. Is that genius. can't fail. That can, there's no way I'll forget that. And I'm yeah. like, that's just two words in a, in a phone now. Like it means nothing to me. And it probably won't come to me because I, when I opened up the phone, file there weren't even any bullet points there was nothing it was just a title right and i'm like hmm well that's gone forever yeah. which is why i didn't write that down because it didn't you know it, it doesn't we come. do have a crazy business we do a lot of very crazy things oh my like God. set lists i love looking at people's set lists <laughs> i know you know even mine like because i'll just write you know two words of yeah uh, like bullet point but it's down. a six minute piece and it's a six yeah it's a it's a several <laughs> minute bit but it's just like because you sometimes you just struggle with the order or the segues or however you're gonna do yeah. it yeah and they're ridiculous. Like it's, I, and it never even occurred to me until I went, I was doing a showcase and I forgot I had a bunch of set lists written like on the nightstand. I, and then I, I was sort of just trying to decide what, to what order and how to do it and stuff. And then I forgot them. And so I called my girlfriend and I was like, can you go They're on the nightstand? There's three different set lists there. And I can't, I can't, I was, I was overthinking it. And now I can't remember which one I decided on. So right. just read them to me. And so. She was reading, and my buddy was in the car driving me to the gig, <laughs> and it was like, you know, it was like, it was like shoelaces, bar fight, no bra, no, uh, was it no bra, bar fight, shoelaces? And I'm like, no, I don't think. That. And he's just, and he's laughing because he's just like, what, what are you life? talking about? What is your life? Yeah, and I, I'm like, no, I think potted. Was there potted plants? 
Pilot there? Pilot was in there somewhere. Potted I'm plant bar sure. fight? And then... Tell me where Scorpion is. Tell me where Scorpion is. <laughs> no, is that on page three? He, he was just like, it's what you're insane. And I was like, it makes sense when I do it. When you see yeah, the 10 minutes, trust me. it's going to make There's sense. There's a method to this. Don't I had the same situation where I was on a, a flight once, and I put down the little table, and I took out my set list because I, I had to get off the plane and literally go to this venue. And I go, I should run over this now while I have a quiet moment. And so I'm, I have this pull at this... L- old piece of legal pad paper like yellow wrinkled paper <laughs> i flatten it out and put it on <laughs> it's not a thing and to me it's like this is like this is my life like you mean like this is this right. this pays my bills this pays for the mortgage like this is my <laughs> life on this piece of paper and again you can imagine the titles are just like ridiculous right and to me i'm like okay yeah i'm gonna start with that or whatever and then I felt someone kind of looking over my shoulder. It's the person in the middle seat just looking at this piece of ratty paper. <laughs> no idea of a comedian. Like, yeah. what the hell is this? What kind of grocery list is that? She's just pressing the thing. Like, <laughs> excuse me, can we get someone down here? This guy's got a scorpion, a handbag. He's going like, to steal patient. all these things. This, guy, this guy's a mental patient. <laughs> and I realized that moment, like, this must look insane to the average yeah. person. Like, if you don't know what I do for a living, you're like, what is that? Is that guy just remembering those words? Yeah. Is he just memorizing those terms? It's a weird list. Scorpion, dog purse, <laughs> dream catcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, do you have a spelling test coming yeah. up? <laughs> I mean, oh, is he working insane. on his printing? His, his spelling is terrible. It's not very good. It's his cursive is horrible. It's awful. It is a crazy life. Like I, I do have moments, and I've had them more over the last year or two. Where I've just caught myself like going like this is an insane life. Like just recently, I don't know if this happened to you, like where I at before a show I was I pull up to a venue and I remember sitting in my car going like this is insane. Like the fact that I'm about to walk into this venue and of strangers and just go up and go, Well, give me something to amplify my voice. I'm gonna try and make these people laugh. Like just on its own boil down, like that's insane. Like, no normal person's like, yep, I'm just going to walk into that building, <laughs> walk in that room, and, like, give me a microphone and start talking and yep. try. Like, it is kind of surreal when you boil it down. But we, we've been doing it so long, it's normal. But yeah. I think it's really, it's kind of crazy when you think about it in that way. Yeah. You know? it's We're just egomaniacs. Yeah, I think there's some of that. <laughs> do you, I, do I ask you this question. I found before I started stand-up that I was far more um, on and louder because I think I still I crave that attention, but didn't have an out, a, a field for it. Oh, and then once yeah. I started stand up, I'm like, okay, well that's that is being satisfied now with this career. And I don't think I'm as I mean, I still have my moments clearly where I'm right. in a social setting where I can be a bigger personality, but I don't think I am as much anymore. I think that beast is being fed by <laughs> doing stand up. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I think so. I was never really, I don't think I was, you know, some guys are very loud. Like some comedians are very loud. I've never been a loud guy. Right. I've just always been silently funny. <laughs> guys, <laughs> he does one hour, not a word. Pantomime, pantomime <laughs> hilarity. His idol is Mr. It's, Bean. He <laughs> delivers every time. Um, no, but you're right. There's, I think there's some guys that are constantly on. Uh and which I I find difficult. Yeah, it's exhausting. 
It does seem exhausting. Yeah. And I think I'm more friends with a lot of people that aren't on all the time, you know, like, cause we, like you and I, we can sit where this, yeah. this, obviously there's, we, I haven't been on once no. in this podcast. I know it's, it's been, been very flat. It's going to, the numbers uh, are below <laughs> for this one, but we, <laughs> no, but you're right. Like, uh, we'll, uh, we'll punch it up with some laughter and post production. <laughs> applause breaks. And stuff. But, but no, yeah, you're right. I think that also comes to with a level of just, security and who you are as a person like you're like you don't feel the need yeah. to be hey look yeah. over here well it's funny because i met a girl one time this girl uh and we were like backstage at this thing she was a dancer and she was like um i my friend introduced me as a, he's like oh he's a comedian because they were dan you know performers and my friend was like oh he's a comedian she looked at me and she went "Ooh, serious and i was like really she's like well comedians are very serious every comedian i've met is quite Oh wow! And she I was like, take. "Yeah, I was like, really? That's interesting." So, like, you're not meeting the loud on comedians all the time, and I'm like, I can sort of get that because I mean, I, I think a lot of some of my friends that are comedians, it's like you wouldn't that wouldn't be your first take. That no, they were you're right. I mean, they're they're funny and and nice, and but you wouldn't immediately be like, "Oh, you must go stand up on stage and talk to people." Whereas there's some of those guys that you're like, "Man, this guy's obviously what is he? He's wow. a maniac." Yeah, yeah. But it was interesting that she had that take. It was one of the few people that I've ever. I was. I kind of wanted to go. Who are your comedian friends yeah. that you know? That's funny though, because th- I get the opposite sometimes. People go. Yeah. They just assume that comedians are on all the time. Like, yeah. oh, he's not very funny. I thought you'd be funnier. Like, it's like, no, I'm just a normal. I'm in a Starbucks here. Yeah. Like, I'm just having a coffee. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, really? Oh, I didn't get it. I didn't, yeah. you didn't say anything funny yet today. It's like, well, no, we're talking about mortgages. I don't know. Like, what do you want me to say? The thing about mortgages is, <laughs> look, lady, I just got up. I'm getting this coffee. I'm on my way to the gym. I'm, yeah. How much funny do you want? From I don't me know right what now? you need from me. What I'm do like, you need? Can you just flash just, me a light at two yeah. minutes? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, dude, we were at a place once trying to get uh, secure financing for like a car or something once, and the lady asked me what I did for a living, and I said stand-up comedian. She goes, oh, are you are you bipolar? That's the first thing she said. And I was like, that did not just come out of her mouth. Like, that's not, you just throw that out there? Like, just, did you, you scream, bipolar? fuck you? My name is Clyde. Um, <laughs> but imagine, like, not just, I, I left going like, oh my God, like, what do people think of comedians? Like, yeah. what is their, oh, well, I thought they're all fill in the blank. Like, yeah, uh, they're my, all crazy. They're all crazy or they're Drug all. addicts, alcoholics. Yeah. It's like. It's funny because I think that was a real thing. For a while, right? Like I think in the in like the eighties and nineties, like comedy, it was like Hard all those guys. Life. It was like yeah, they were doing. They were all just cocaine was everywhere, and they were all sort of dark, storied people that came yeah. from abusive backgrounds, damaged past. And then yeah, and now I feel like I meet a lot of comedians that are like sober, yeah. that are not you know came from normal upbringings that well adjusted, well adjusted people that are just like no, I just yeah. I, so I think there's. Yeah, that's sort of maybe a bit of a generational thing. Too. Yeah. Well, I think also that's a stereotype applied to a lot of people who are creative. Like whether you're an author or a musician, it's like this right. tortured soul who's actually a bit of an asshole, but he's so talented. We just kind of look the other way. Right. And uh, and I think you're right. That stereotype is starting to fall away of like, no, you can also be a good person yeah. and well, still be talented in something, you well, know. And I think it's different now, too, because I think, you know, maybe – Back in the day, if you want to use that phrase, there were so few people in the entertainment industry that you sort of were like it was a sort of a rare thing. But now it's it's a lot more mainstream. Like kids are growing up with YouTube and watching. Right. Like it's not something that was underground. Like, you know, maybe maybe 10, 20 years ago or, yeah, I guess 20, 30 years ago, people would 
you know, to seek out comedy was sort of difficult. Yeah. Whereas now with the internet and with like a lot of like comedy sites and it's, I mean, just look at how comedy has grown in the last 10 years. Yeah. With Netflix and so it's very accessible to people. So it's not, it's not something that was sort of, you know, like jazz where it was like a seedy underground thing. You had to seek out and go find. Yeah. And now it's sort more of like, accessible. yeah, it's just, it's all over podcasts. And I mean, you're just true it's, and, and it's yeah you're right it's more of a, a popular lifestyle or career choice where it's like yeah. you can actually talk are, to someone who does it people are can... growing up with that being a normal thing yeah true it's a good point i think too i remember when i first started uh trying to find someone who was a role model who was a talented which was important but also b it was like oh that's also a normal person like because i it used to terrify me when i'd see these people who were hilarious and i would meet them off stage i'm like <laughs> oh my god you've got a ton of issues <laughs> it's like is that what's gonna happen to me like you get terrified yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i started meeting some normal people in a sense of i don't mean like you know these i just meant like people who seem well adjusted and were polite and just you know what i mean like yeah they seem like oh you're just seem like you're happy in general right. that's what i want i don't right. want I, I don't want the career with the uh Oh, yeah, don't look at me in the eyes and all this stuff. I'm like, uh, is that what's going to happen? So it was encouraging once I started finding people are like, oh, you're all so cool off stage yeah. and you can have a conversation and stuff. But that was important to find because yeah. otherwise we're like, oh, man. Well, this industry is a little higher for the for the you know people that are not well adjusted. Yeah. But I mean, there's lots of uh, I mean, I think if you took any industry, I mean, if you looked at accountants or I mean, how many accountants are there that are not well adjusted, that True. Are, you know, have a lot of emotional problems that had terrible backgrounds and yeah. I mean, it's but I, unfortunately I, that's that's a cross it's, it's maybe of... a little bit higher in our industry, but I think that's just a cross section of society. I right? think the pressure for us though comes from the average person expects us to be a certain thing. So when they meet you off stage, they still expect to get the person that was on stage, right? So it's yeah. like, where's all the fun and the energy and, and all that? So I think that sometimes juxtaposes who we really are off stage. And so yeah. then you're kind of in this lost place where you're like, you don't know who to be. You're like, well, I, I don't want to disappoint them. So right. I, I, I need to be somewhere in between this. Whereas now I'm like, I'm just going to be me, man. Right. You know, and if you're not cool with that, then I don't know what to tell you. I think you. I compensate by, like, as you can tell in this podcast, by being funnier off stage than I am on stage. Yeah, no, that's been and clearly that's, evident here. It's been pretty clear. Yeah, that's, uh, that's no, so, I didn't realize there was two. No, I that's how I avoid it. I don't <sighs> well, have to this thing is going to crash into a halt. People, but people to... are just like, man, that was hilarious. <laughs> that guy was... Which Nigel did you get? Uh, people call into the club. Uh, which Nigel is performing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> the serious one or the funny one? Will he be on stage tonight? Um, uh, talk to me like about to... America. Where is it? It's where is it located on a map? Do I have to point it out? Because yeah. a lot of people can't do. We that. don't have a map here, but no, if you it's... could show me. It was, <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting because at the the JFL festival, they did the uh, O Canada address of like the Canadian comedy industry, and uh, I didn't get to see oh. it while I was there because I had. I was were doing both of the else. Canadian comedians there? Uh, yeah, they were. Yeah, <laughs> they're the two people. <laughs> the two. And, uh, but it was like you know this address of the Canadian comedy industry and where it is and where it isn't, and in comparison to what it's like starting over in America for Canadian comedians. And Rebecca Kohler, I saw her portion of it, and you know Rebecca talked about moving to the United States. She'd be down there two years, and basically how you literally leave everything credit wise and everything you've accomplished here and go down there and start over and be basically beg and plead to try and get on a horrible open mic after like seven months. Yeah. And she's like, it is humiliating in many ways. Like it's literally take your ego, put it in a basket and start over down here. And I think a lot of people don't realize that like the average person thinks, Oh, you just leave here with success and go down there and it's somewhat transferable. No. And it's it's horribly not the case. Yeah, 
it's, you know? it's not like being an accountant or a lawyer or something where you go, oh, I went to law school and I have this stuff. And you go down and you write your test and they go, oh, okay, you can practice law now. They, yeah. they don't go, okay, you have to go back and be an assistant and you're going to, you're going to start off, you know, as a legal assistant or a, it's <laughs> like, no, no, but I'm an actual attorney. Like you don't have to wind everything back and start completely over. Over. Again. Yeah. Um, they still recognize it. And that's sort of a bad analogy, I guess. Um, but uh, no, yeah, you sort of start all. But the good thing is that you're not really starting over because you've already had. The, I, f- I feel like comedians that come out of Canada often have such good training because we start. You literally have to claw your way to the top here, right? And you have to do the road and you have to do all those lousy things. So you've got a pretty good toolbox. By the time you go down there, you've got a pretty good skill set that that everybody knows you're not starting like every country i've started over in like i've started i started i started in canada and then i went to the u.s and i started over there yeah and then i went to the uk and i started over there right and so it's like you're you're redoing it but people know right away right like when you walk walk out they go oh you're not just yeah this isn't your first time and there's tons of those because there's so many there's a sea of those people and it's very hard to get to keep your head above water in that sea right but it's hopefully it's pretty obvious that you know you're you are ab- above the watermark. Yeah, you've got you know the like chops. You, yeah, it's it's like look, this isn't. I think though, and, and you could tell me if this is correct. I think though, the tough part would come from parking the ego somewhat and having to go. Really, man, I got to go play this dump. Yeah, you know, but that's but comedy like, you, all the time. Uh, yeah, I know, but it, I think it sort of is. We're not we're, this. I feel like you're always checking your ego because oh, yeah, that's that's the great thing and the tough thing about this business. But but I guess the further my point was, not only do you have to still do those, and, and I agree, those gigs are always just around the corner for all of us. But the fact that now you can't make a living at the same stage at which you were doing in Canada. So now these gigs are your gigs. It's not like you're right. just doing that as an open mic and now, but I'm really playing this great club weekend at whatever. It's like, no, no, that's not going to be for another two years, pal. Like, I think that's hard for Canadians oh, to deal yeah. with comedians to yeah. go. No, no, none of those paying gigs are coming for a while. Like if you're willing, you know, you're going to slowly climb up the ranks, but it's going to take you about a year and a half, two years yeah. and the money's not coming and all those things. So I think just on a financial level, people just run out of money. They're oh just yeah. Like I can't, for to stay here like, yeah yeah that know? can be devastating because the other thing too is that you're on a visa or in work paper and so some people can't work because your papers are specific to your job yeah, you can't so get you a job just, as a, so for people like, who are listening at home like if you get a certain entertainer's visa to go to the united states like the one that i had for an 01 or whatever it's only to like be a comedian and act i couldn't go to a starbucks and be a barista or right. whatever it's like so I you're can't. at a you're at a real disadvantage compared yeah. to the guy who comes from minnesota who moves to la and is like he's you know he's a comedian in minnesota and he goes i'm gonna move to la and try and make a go of it but he can just get a job at a bar yeah or at starbucks or whatever and kind of support himself while he goes through that yeah whereas you sort of don't really have that option as a canadian and the other thing is that people don't realize i think is you know you save a bunch of money in canada and you're going to move to los angeles but you're losing 30 percent of that the second (laughs) you cross the border so your thousand bucks you had you're down to 700 but you get into la it's like Oh yeah, right. The most and expensive then, city in America. <laughs> exactly. You're living with three people in a yeah. rundown. Like you know, like yeah. I think there's a lot of things that can chip away at people, and I feel sad in a way because you see these big posts of people going, "I'm moving to L.A. and we're doing the drive down," and yeah. and it, you wish them the best, 
but you know, like you better have your ducks in a row before yeah. you get there because. Well, and the other good thing is too is that you can come back. Like I mean, that was yeah. that, and which is what a lot of Can- Canadians do is you go down, you you hit the clubs, you try and do spots, you try and get your meetings, you do whatever yep. it is that you're focused on down there. If you're trying to act, you get on your auditions, you do that. But then you can always come. You come back to Canada and work the road, and you can make that money back yep. here. But it it is tough until you get earning in the states and you actually start making money there. It yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough because you, you're right. The exchange rate is a killer, and so so you really need to be earning. You need to be earning everywhere. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I mean, everyone's got to develop material, and there's you know, open mics will always be part of your life. I think as a comedian, but I mean, when you're going weeks and weeks yeah. on end without any income, well, and it's, it's like and it's, it's hard to LA is sort of tricky because you're seeing what I found is is you know when I one of my first thoughts of being down there was like, you're seeing some of the best comedians you will ever see. Like you're seeing the best of the best and you're on stage with some of the best. I mean, I remember being on stage with some, the big names. And I was like, I just held my own on that stage. Like I can do it. You're validated. I can be here. You know, like, okay, all right, I can do this. I've arrived. Um, But you're also seeing some of the very worst comedy you've ever seen. I mean, just some of the most, and you're, and you're just like, what am I doing with these people? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Like, and why are we all here together? Yeah. Why is this terrible? Why are these terrible people with the best people? Yeah. And then I'm here. What's happening? Yeah. My God. Again, no fairness. (laughs) (laughs) Again, kids, uh, there is no fairness in entertainment life. It just makes no sense. Like you're sort of just going, I have no idea how anything works. No, but I'm just going to keep doing my thing and hope it works keep, out. Yeah, just keep moving forward, just yeah. one foot in front of the other. It's so true, too. It's like you. I remember that the first time playing in America, I felt like you know. I don't know if you had these thoughts, but I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm funny down here. You know, like oh, I, always. I've been yeah, funny in Canada, but uh, this is a different yeah. country. References, different references yeah. and stuff. I remember being my first show. One, of, I think the first one was in Carlsbad somewhere, and that was a set of nerves just for that time, just outside of San Diego. But then playing in L.A. for the first time was even more heightened because I was like, well, now I'm playing like the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. And I'm like, okay, these are like, you know, the best of the best. And you start putting up on a pedestal and do I belong? And am I ready? And all this self-doubt that I hadn't had in years. Like, I mean, like literally like, no, I'm a comedian. I know what I'm doing. But the minute I crossed down there, it was like, ah, everything I know is probably useless. None of my powers work down here. (laughs) It's like I was a superhero who was like just locked up with some kind of kryptonite. But and then you realize, oh, they're just also people who also are going yeah. through things in life. I know and, you way overthink you know? it. You, yeah. you way overthink it. But you can't help that because it does make a difference. Just like we were talking about earlier when you're doing a new set and, you're do- and you go, oh, I did the wrong word. I said that wrong word and it blew the joke. Those things do matter. And when you mess them up or, you know, if you're in a different country, like I remember my, some of my first shows in L.A., like one of my you just have different experiences. Like one of my first show, I did. The, I think the Laugh Factory was the first club I worked. And then the next club. You know, I did one or two shows at Laugh Factory, and then I got in at the Comedy Union, yep. which is like more of an urban club. And I was the only only white guy on the show, only white guy in the club. Right. Like they were, and so I was like, as a kid from the prairies, I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know how this is going to work. Exactly. Like, this will this new? work? Because part of me was like, is this going to be funny? Like, if what I'm talking about, I don't know if it'll be. Yeah. If Because it, it was just a different, it was a totally different vibe. The club had a different feel. It was like yeah. really great energy, though. Like, it was, I was like, oh, man, it, it, it's such a good, such a great club. This could and, be the best night of my life or the worst yeah, night. Yeah, and it was totally fine. But in my head, I was like, what if I just 
blow it? Yeah. What if I just blow it here? Because this is not, this is com- a completely different scenario than I've ever been True. in. True. And I think, too, the other is the heightened pressure of your new person playing a new room. Yeah. And you want to do well because you want to be able to come back. Yeah. yeah you so now back. it's like, and, I can't afford to like have a banana yeah. here tonight. Like, it's going to well, go well. It was so funny because Ann's the club owner, was like, he kept bumping me back on this show. Like, oh. he was waiting for like the right spot. He's like, I'm like, so, so I'm next. He's like, ah. I'm just gonna put like one more guy and then put you on. Like he was, <laughs> he was like, trying to. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was being like so nice and trying to be like. Ah, I just get you. I'm like, uh, man, can you come are back you, tomorrow night? Are you cool hanging out for a bit? I'm just gonna get, uh, give you like <laughs> give me like one or two more guys and then I'll put you on. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'll just hang out. Like I'm I like I'm loving hanging hilarious. out at the club and doing the show. That's hilarious. Yeah, and then you know when I first went to the UK like doing shows over there, I was like, God, what if they don't understand? Like, what if I say because you know they have all those things like the, the trunk of your car is the boot and right, it's yeah. the motorway not the highway or the freeway and it's like they're not like oh you're thinking like what if i say the wrong thing and then they don't get it it blows it and you just over overthink it and then you go up and you're just and your first you're like oh everything's fine yeah exactly it's just the same people want to laugh and you're talking about things that are and i, I mean maybe for maybe some people have a different experience like maybe depending on what your material is and what it's yeah. grounded in but for me it was fine and and i you know, in doing those shows, I realized immediately, I was like, they know. Yeah. They're, like, they're in the UK, but they watch U.S. films they, and they watch yeah. U.S. television. You so call it's like it a highway. I, yeah, the, if I yeah. say the highway, they're not like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. No idea. Lost me. Nope. Boo. Yeah. I'm out. Let's Love's leave. Down. Whereas, I mean, I think it would be much tougher for, you know, say for a comic from the UK come over to America, because if they say motorway, I'm sure a lot of Americans would be like, what? Right, yeah, because you're, you're not infused yeah. with their culture. Right, yeah. because we're not doing yeah. the same thing over here. So I, I think it would be much tougher for them coming over and, and having those odd little, you know, hiccups in your in your dialect that they go, yeah. Uh? And you lose them totally. One of the comedians from Canada who was over in the UK for a while, like, you know, fairly accomplished here in Canada, went over there and was there for a few years. When he came back here, he said he could finally, like, exhale again because he felt like every show over there meant so much because he was trying to make a name for himself. And every booker was like, hey, we're going to be watching it tonight. He goes, it was great to get back to Canada where I could go. I'm just going to go have some fun. Like, I'm just going to try these new ideas and yeah. fart around. He said, but for literally two There's years. There's nothing to aspire to in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, it doesn't matter. There's there's one TV Nobody show. Nobody cares. We're not using any Canadian talent no, for it. It won't uh, matter. And you it doesn't won't. matter. Just for laughs, we're only booking three Canadian comedians. We're not so looking. Just honestly, we don't care. But but he goes like, yeah, he goes, I could finally like go up and, you know, because, you know, you've had this relationship with these comedy club bookers here that they know what you're capable of. So if you yeah. go up on a Wednesday and go, hey, man, I'm up here trying some new shit. It's right. not a big deal. But he yeah. goes, in the U.K., I couldn't afford to do that because it was like, okay, he wasn't very funny. It's like yeah. there hadn't been any trust built yet with anybody. So he goes, dude, every night was like walking a high wire. And I go, I never even thought of that, like of, of trying right. to establish yourself in a new country and the pressure that goes yeah. with every single show every night. Yeah, for sure. There's no, and that can be a really bad trap too. Cause I feel like I fell into that a bit in LA too, that you, you keep trying to stick to your a game and right. do the best. And it's just like, you don't grow. Not the best for creativity either, right? Good for, and, and you don't like it. You yeah. don't feel good doing doing those same jokes. And and But it's sort of like you don't want to, you don't know who's going to be there. Because, I mean, literally almost every show I've done at the improv, somebody comes up to you after and it's like, oh, I'm, you know, there's always somebody from Someone's the industry there. there or some, you know. So it's, you kind of don't, you don't want to blow it. But then the thing is, is, is you have to realize too that you don't blow it. Like I don't blow it. 
Right. You know what I mean? Even when I did like the other night and you're just, I'm doing a new set and it's like, it, it didn't blow it. I mean, no, it might yeah. not be the best, but it's, it's not so Okay. Yeah. 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 You, you know have a level I mean? of competence that's going to yeah, get you through. It's like, yeah. look, it's, it's sort of, you have to realize you get to a point where it's like, whether you're a carpenter or whatever, it's like, look, yeah, I can build you a box. I'm not going to blow it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might it's not, be, be, it might not be, it might not be like the nicest finished thing, but I can build, I can build you a really nice one. I can build, or I can build for a while. Yeah. It's like, I, I can do it. Yeah. I have the tools. It's true. But just, again, that's confidence and trust in yourself. Yeah. And it's like, but it's hard to remember that. Yeah. Especially in a new country and with a lot on the line. Oh yeah. Yeah. The pressure. It's, and especially when you haven't eaten for three days, like yeah. all these Canadians down there, they're <laughs> like, right. I only had $400 when I came down here. Oh God. <laughs> it's oh man I, I hear the stories and i'm like man my anyone who goes down there and establishes themselves and makes a career of it like my hat is off to you because yeah. like you have gone through the shit like yeah. you have paid your dues you have started from zero again pretty much and built it back up to a point where you're now yeah. you know you're a credible trusted person in the community and industry and you're getting gigs i'm like that's not for everybody, man. Like, if you've climbed one ladder, yeah. who wants to get down off that ladder and go climb a new ladder? Well, I think a lot of people thing, don't. I, I see, too, a lot of people, I think, not just Canadians, but people going to America when they really shouldn't. Like, yeah. they, they haven't really figured that stuff out yet. And when you haven't figured it out yet, it's not the place to be figuring it out. No. L.A. is not the place to figure go there it out. Ready. Go to, like, New York or somewhere where you can get. But L.A. isn't the place to be because it's too, it's. There's too many people. There's too much bad comedy. There's not enough stage time. Yeah. There's not enough quality stage time. It it really, it, like going too soon is also a bad thing. But I, f I feel like that's the allure of L.A. is in America, in Canada, in anywhere in the world. People are just like, look, I've got three minutes. I'm going to L.A. Yeah. And sometimes it works. Yeah. Like sometimes that does sure. work. But at the same time, it's like a lot of times that's just going to be sort of a, a real tough struggle that you don't need to put yourself through Badly, when you could yeah. when yeah when you could just stay in your country or in your local market build yourself up you know build a career there and then go when you sort of feel like you've got it all yeah and you don't need it you don't need that yeah true it's and it's a little bit less pressure because you know you yeah you've done some things this isn't you're not hanging your hat on this Right, you know, one trip to. You're not just buying a lottery ticket. Like, here's my LA yeah. lottery ticket. I got my three minutes. I hope it works out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, ultimately, for you, what what do you what do you want to accomplish in this madness? Like, you talked about more the writing side of it that you kind of gravitated more towards the writing side. Would that be the ultimate goal? Is like to kind of create your own show or to write on a current show? Like, what what is it that you'd want to see yourself doing? I just want to retire. Mostly. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? I mean, who does just just want to retire? Just want to get out of this rat just race. Get out of this racket. All, all of this talk about being in LA and the struggles <laughs> has just made me go. Ugh. I'm a demotivational speaker. Yeah. Uh, no, I love. I mean, I've I've created. I mean, I sold a show last year, and um, which is a big created, deal. Yeah, and so creating shows and writing shows to me is really fun. But also writing on shows. I mean, I, I really. Like writing for somebody else is is fun too. Yep. So I would really like to find a balance of that, but also I like doing stand up. I mean, stand up is and it's something that you can always keep doing. I think as long as you keep it up, as long as you keep working at it, and yep. you can. But I, yeah, that's sort of my structure is that I'd like to be focused on the writing for, you know, a, a decent portion of of the year, and then in that in the in my downtime off time, then be touring and doing you know maybe maybe slightly less stand-up than that's the great thing about it too like when you are a stand-up is that if you possess if you can wear all those hats it's like 
when one thing kind of goes away somewhat or you just want to change, yeah. you have the ability to go, oh, I'm just going to go do a bunch of stand-up for a few months and then come back to the TV world if the opportunity presents itself. Whereas I feel sometimes for actors, it's like oh, you've got to get that next gig. Oh, like if you don't get that next acting gig, it's like I got heat. It just seems so difficult to me. Yeah. I mean, it just – and I and I have friends that are actors and family members that are actors and it's just – oh. I look at it and I go, because at least with stand-up, you can always keep working. You can yeah. keep moving ahead. You can, because you're, you're your own boss, really. But acting, you're dependent on somebody else and the auditioning process of going and being in front of these people and the rejection. And it just, and you really can't do, like, you need to be a part of the system. You, you can't just go do it on your own. You can't just go act. Yeah. I'm just going to go act in the yeah, park today. Gonna go act. I'm going to go down and do a quick act. Just go down, do a quick act. There's a, there's a <laughs> exactly. theater down the street. I'm just going to go down there <laughs> and do a couple act. of scenes. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about acting too is like a lot of times people do these, they do great work on a project. It's like, but you may not get paid for months. Yeah. So like, you know, these Canadians who do go down and like you luck out and get a whatever, a commercial or whatever. It's like, you know, you got that in January. Your, your paycheck for that's coming at the end of March. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, I still got to, you know, so, I think it's all these things that people who are not in the industry or in this world, like they wouldn't realize, right? Like, it's not like yeah. you went into work, here you go, here's your paycheck. It's like, and how few and far between those gigs are yeah. a lot of times for acting. And now you, you're so far in debt by the time you do get paid. It's like, I just saw the back of this and hand it over to like someone <laughs> else. It's like, you know, so you're constantly trying to keep yourself above, above water. Right. So I uh, I do I feel for actors because it's it's hard to generate your own opportunity. It's hard to generate an income like just yeah, on your own. I just think mentally that's a tough racket. It, it would the, it's the struggle I think would be very hard. I mean I've done a bit of acting and I just found it to be, I was just like man unless it sort of comes to you yeah. But to be out pursuing it every day I it's sort rejection. of I, I admire those guys and part of me is like you're crazy yeah. Well, you're your constantly to waiting to be chosen and, and and constantly, for the most part, rejected. Yeah. You know, and pre- some people pre- are pre- so pre- good. Like some people, you see them and it's it's one of those things, again, it's it's not fair. Yeah, no. You know, you look at people and and a friend of mine the other day, I was looking at her, um, something that she did, and I was like, God, she is a fantastic actress. Like, she's so good. And I mean, she's doing fine, but I don't know what she's doing right now. But I was just like, how are you not? Right. Uh, on everything. How good do you have to be? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit. A little bit. I sort of feel like that. It's like, you know, seeing Bill Burr every night at a, and just being like at an open mics and being like, really? You're not in the clubs? Yeah, yeah. What? Why you're not? How? I find that with musicians all the time. Like, you know, when you travel and you go into yeah. like a pub somewhere yeah, and someone's that's... up there with a voice that's just like destroying the place or an incredible guitar player. And you're like, what are you doing here? Like, how yeah. is that person not yeah. on radios around the world? And you're like, you know, it's come up on the podcast a thousand times. It's just like the talent's not enough. It's like, yeah, it isn't. It's just no. sadly, it's not. There's people who are playing on stages in bars right now who are incredible singers and songwriters and musicians, and they're never going to get that break. Like, it's just not ever going to happen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. they're never going to get it. They might. Come no, on. I talked. I talked to the industry. You're... That's not <laughs> wow. happening. Yeah, I hate that you're in charge of the industry, that you're just like, nope, (laughs) sorry, board. Listen, I think you're wonderful. I don't know why you're not successful. I do know why. It's because of me. I'm not going to pass you. I'm not going to pass you. And good day. But we are having auditions again next year. (laughs) (laughs) Take your guitar, get off the stage. And get out of here. Take your amp, too. 
Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I am the gatekeeper. <laughs> you imagine? And the gate is now closed. And the gate closes at nine every night. <laughs> no exceptions. <laughs> um, I've asked a bunch of people this question to end the podcast, which is a signal that the podcast is ending. Not, no, not for me. I'm going to okay, keep going we'll for a while. Keep going. I'm just um, getting warmed up. Just getting tell, it warmed up. The here. humor, the humor is really kicking in. It's now he's getting warm. Now he's starting to feel. <laughs> here slow. we go. Okay. Another, did you like that ramble? Well, now we'll gonna get another cup of coffee and just keep it loose. This was the mic just check. Loose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had to do an hour mic check just to get the level. <laughs> oh, did hour. we start? Wait, have we started? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I pressed oh, we're doing the... a while ago. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I thought we were just having a casual chat. <laughs> I'll but, ask you this. We kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Maybe, maybe this will be the answer to your question. Maybe it won't be, uh, but. What is the biggest misperception that people have about you? And then what is the reality? Oh, what is deep. something you've heard where you went, really? That's, that's a thought. I don't hear anything about myself. Nobody you're, ever. You're like, everything's no. accurate. <laughs> no. Well, I would say maybe that people think I'm a very nice person, but I'm actually just very sarcastic. Mm. And so that's a lot of people that's get that confused. Like I'm it, like, that's a great hat. He's so kind. Love your hat. <laughs> And people are like, he's, he always compliments he's my hat. always got a pleasant word to always say. always compliments my oh, hat. Oh, he tell you he had a nice hat? Yeah, he didn't mean that. Yeah, no. He, he actually told me how much he hates that <laughs> he hat. He laughed on he, your back. Yeah, he was actually telling me the other day how you keep wearing that stupid hat every stupid. time he, he sees called, him. He called it a stupid hat. Every time he sees you, you're wearing that ridiculous <laughs> hat. He has a different word for it every time, but really, uh, he says you're wearing a he's nice hat. He's got a hat. website about it, actually. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really juvenile. Have you seen his Instagram account? It's all posted. <laughs> it's all your hat. Your hat. It's called Stupid Hat. It's just him saying mean things about your hat in every different website called My Friend's Got a Stupid Hat. <laughs> Gary's stupid hat. Gary's stupid hat. Come on my Instagram handle. Give Gary's me your stupid comments hat. on Gary's stupid hat. I feel like now I have to create an Instagram handle called Gary's stupid. I hat. think it's fine. I yeah. think some Gary guy Gary with a hat finds out about it. <laughs> some, some guy listening to this. Some guy named Gary with a hat on going. Jesus, just taking it off quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's laying it on a cover. Getting table. very self-conscious um, listening to this podcast. Stop wearing a hat. Um, this is basically uh, what every comedian conversation uh, ends up boiling down to: is like, "Hey, let's have a serious conversation." <laughs> it's yeah, just like, uh, did you say something remotely funny? <laughs> let's riff on that for fifteen minutes. Let's take off on that tangent. We actually, we, you and I typically do that a lot. Yeah, but we haven't done it much in this podcast. No, I think it was pr- a good, a good mix of both. We had a pretty serious chat. We have a good serious chat. But we had a, we were having serious chats earlier today. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That's, I think, why we're friends, though, in a way. Because like you said earlier, I can't be around people who are on 24-7. Like, I find it, yeah. like, I've been on... What about minute. people that are on even during a podcast? That's the best. That's I actually tell guests, usually I would tell them ahead of time, like, oh, by the way, you don't have to be on. Calm down. And I'm also not going to be on, especially <laughs> when it's someone who doesn't know me, because they're like, oh, this comedian's asking me to do his podcast, and they think I'm going to be like, hey, it's the bear with this. Yeah. <laughs> some morning show personality. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, it's going to be two adults having a conversation, and it's going to go wherever it goes. Yeah. Like, don't feel a need to... I also feel like it's weird sometimes when you're on. Like, I feel like joking with you or with other comedians, you, you really go to different levels when we're on our own. Yes, but I sometimes catch myself doing that in normal social situations where you'll you'll do that. You'll be like, I got a website called GaryStupidHat.com, and they'll just look at you like you're insane. And you go, Oh yeah, I should. Yeah, like there's certain people you can't comedy over. You can't do the comedy over. But that's how I bond with people. Like if I was to meet someone for the most part, like say they're not a comedian, but I just meet them at a social setting, a party or something. I go to humor quickly to try and just get break down the walls. And if someone returns the volley to me, I'm like, okay, this guy's good. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Or this yeah, girl's yeah. cool. Yeah. Doesn't mean we got to be at that all night, but I'm like, oh, you weren't, you weren't uh, too pretentious or too self-conscious right. to go. You, you got what I was saying there, right? Like 
I'm not going to just jam my face in all these chicken wings. You realize that was a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and they go, yeah. oh, you're going to beat me to it. And I'm yeah. like, okay, we're buds now. Like, this is like, yeah. you know what I mean? But that was the lot, the feather I've thrown across. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way, but I find that's a very Canadian thing too, that you oh, yeah? immediately like mess with somebody or make a joke. And that's, that's a very common bonding thing. And I think sometimes in America, it's not really like, they don't take they're it. They're not way. as open. No, not as open to that. Not always, but I think Canadians are much more, uh, prone to that yeah. that type of social bonding. Yeah, you're just trying to be funny. Where you're just like, yeah, you're just being an idiot. Like yeah. we're we're very easy to throw our guards down and be like, hey, I'm gonna be dumb here for a sec. Yeah, and you go, yeah, cool, I'll be dumb too. That's silly, cool, because I'm also uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. We do. That's what we do with uncomfortableness, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know anybody here, and uh, I'm gonna say something stupid. Is everyone cool with that? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I just want, I just want to be clear that I want to look like a total moron just to kind of break the tension. Okay, is that cool? I'm that, cool. With, I'm just throwing myself totally under cool. the bus. Throwing myself. Gary, you bus. got a stupid hat. That's yeah. how I break the ice. That's how I do. <laughs> oh, Gary's drunk. He's gonna hit you. Watch out! Watch out for Gary. He's got a bad temper. Someone pulled you aside. By the way, Gary's very sensitive. About this. <laughs> I was just trying to break the ice. I didn't know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Total foot and mouth. Like, yeah. oh, oh sorry. God. Uh, I didn't realize that was Gary's favorite hat. Oh. So you're hosting again tonight and tomorrow night? Yeah, tonight, tomorrow night. You're going to um, come down, maybe do a spot? Yeah, I may try and slide down and do Yeah, it. you will, though. What's the longest you've gone without doing a stand-up set? Do you recall? Oof. Like, at all? Yeah, like where you had like, the biggest stage, window like, of nothing. nothing. I always try and do, like, a guest spot or, like, you know, do a little bit. Because I feel like if you don't, it's... It's bad news for you. It goes away. Like the longer you leave it, yep. the the trickier it gets. And you sort of always think of things. Like you kind of get itchy that you want to try. So like you wind up thinking of things that you haven't tried. Yeah. God, I, I actually don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I maybe th- like, I don't know, a couple of weeks maybe. Yeah, there's definitely There's definitely times where it's like, you know, if you're working on like a writing project or something that it's like you don't it's have time or, you yeah. know, like being at 22, we've both been at 22 and it's like, yeah, you're just, it's like, I don't have time no. to go do that. Nor did I have, like, I found the first um, month or two where I felt like all my creative energy was going into the show. And I'm like, the last thing I want to do now is go to a comedy club and, yeah. you know, sit around for half an hour and then get up and do a seven minute spot and go back home. It's like, I'm exhausted. Like, I just want to yeah. chill out and watch Netflix. That's sort of how hour. I felt too. I felt like I didn't need it. I felt yeah. like I had enough focus and enough jokes and things happening that I was like, I was like, I don't really need to go get that no. itch scratched. No. It's already I'm getting just done gonna, at work. Yeah, yeah. I'm already doing it. Definitely. And it's sort of difficult, too, because your hours are long, and it's like, do I really want to go down there tonight and wait and do it and then be tired yeah. tomorrow because I was hanging out there all night? And, and I go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. It is hard. And that's God, when I realized. so it. difficult. God, our lives. <laughs> but that's when I realized, like, when you're involved with a TV show, whether you're writing or you're on camera, whichever part it is, and people go, oh, so-and-so is going to come and play the club in a month's time. And people go like, yeah, they were a little rusty. It's like, I understand that. Because it does take a real discipline if you're on a show oh, every yeah, single night. Like, you're going to have to bite the bullet and now get yourself to to do sets to warm up for these shows that are upcoming. And some people just don't do it. And right. people go, well, I don't know what happened. It's like, I know what happened. It's like they've had their head buried in this movie for three months or six months. And suddenly they had this date on the calendar. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm playing wherever. It's like, because it, it can go away. Like, even if you've done it for years, yeah. that muscle needs to be exercised all the time. Timing, yeah. sharpness, the cadence in which you deliver stuff, forgetting material. Like, oh, yeah. all that can happen yep. when you have this kind of, you know, comedic atrophy for, you know, three months. It's yep. like, it just doesn't 
just show up again, you know? Yep. So I think it's, uh, so people are always at Eddie Murphy, like, when's he coming back? I'm like, the man's been away for three <laughs> decades. <laughs> it's like, it's just, timing's a little even off. Even I'm like, kid, you know, like now don't get me wrong. He's probably talented enough to make people laugh in any way. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm like, sure. stand up as a craft. It's like, you're asking a lot of that man after, yeah. you know, 30 years of, uh, of uh, dormancy, right? Like, yeah. When I also sort of feel like some people's careers, when you ask them to come back to something, it's like, particularly in stand-up, I mean, a lot of guys move on to, you know, to being actors. You know, yeah. there's a lot of really famous actors that started off as comedians, and it's like they don't go back because it's like your career becomes so huge. Yeah. That it's sort of like, why would you go back? You know, like you know, yeah. it's it's which I understand. I mean, I, I sort of get. Like if you haven't kept it up, there's there's certain guys that have kept it up that have done you know yeah, like done both. Yeah, like Jay Leno when he was doing the Tonight Show, he still went and did the Magic Club like every week. He would yep. go down and do spots, and he kept up his stand up. And you know he's still doing his monologue and, and stuff on the show. And all these people, Seinfeld, yeah. all those guys that that really kept it up. But then there's also a lot of guys that don't. They you know you did your stand up and it led to sort of another career that perhaps filled that creative or you just sort of thought yeah i don't i don't feel the need to go back to it or want to and i i totally understand that yeah i'm sort of like yeah if... i think there are some folks who are like die hard like they're always going to be a comic and you're right those yeah. folks always find the stage again and they seek it out but i think eddie murphy so i don't know if this is true or not but i heard that his when people talk to him about it he goes man the thoughts of like you know trying to go back into the clubs again to work on material to build an hour to record oh. especially he goes i have no desire to go back oh. and do that and, I, and when he Boil it down to that. I go. I totally understand that. Want to do just the Netflix specials right. for the sake of doing it? I totally understand why you'd want to do that. But the preparation and work it's going to take oh. to get it ready. And just, just the nightmare of him wanting to do like him going into clubs every night. It would just be he would be mobbed. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can't. There's still guys you know that can slip in and out of a club, do their spot, go like. But his level of fame makes it. I mean, it would be, and because he's been gone for so long, you know, I mean, LA, you still see guys like, you know, Seinfeld and Sandler and yeah. guys like that pop in, but for some reason they can sort of pull it off, Yeah, you know, but I, I think because they, because they've sort of been around a little bit yeah. still, like they're still sort of got a foot in that world always. Yeah. Yeah. But when you've taken that big of a height, he would just be, it would be a disaster. I think. And think of the pressure on the end product. Yeah. Like when you've created something that the pressure on his first yeah. five minutes, him walking into the improv or the store or something and doing a few minutes, yeah. people would just be going nuts. And, and because your last work comedic work like stand-up wise was revered to such like oh, yeah. the greatest of all it's like you got to walk up on that stage with that expectation right. and people going well that's what i remember him as and right. where is it it's like i haven't been on stage in 30 years <laughs> well i was just gonna say he was like 20 yeah i mean he was a kid he was when a kid he was doing that yeah that so. delirious tour i think he was like 2021 20, yeah you know yeah. so he was a it's kid. Probably a ton of work coming in here. Uh, so <laughs> it's just it's Eddie Murphy being like, "Hey, Eddie. stop talking! Hey, stop talking about me on your hey, live. You think I can't come on back? Your live podcast. You think I can't do it? I got five minutes. Guess who just booked a tour, kid? And guess who's opening? Not guess you. Who, guess who's doing a Netflix special? Me. <laughs> I just wrote one on a piece of paper. It yeah. airs tomorrow night. Um, <laughs> well, dude, enjoy the weekend. I may try and pop down to do a guest spot. All right, I would we'll love to see what's happened. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good to see you. Thanks it was for good. Doing thanks this. for uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me have you. I, that's, we just had each other. Okay, well, this is a weird way to end it, but it is weird. Okay. Okay. No, uh, okay. Give me a.
Wasn't that a great uh, chat, huh? My good buddy, Mr. Nigel Lawrence. A good dude and a hilarious comedian. So if he's anywhere near you, you get out. You get yourself out to see this guy. You bring some friends, okay? He's a, a funny, funny man and a good dude. Um, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to uh, give us a review on iTunes. And if you haven't subscribed to the Generators Podcast, please do so. That way you get new episodes automatically. They're kind of uploaded for you and ready to rock and roll. And uh, also tell some friends about this if you think this could be something they could use. All sorts of little tidbits about creativity and different lines of work. And um, and, and uh, especially in the stand-up comedy world, I mean, entertainment world, there's some great little stuff in here, little, little, little nuggets, if you will. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a, uh, a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time around on The Generators. Bye.